the book of Romans chapter 5, and we'll be looking at verse 12. Now, the last couple of weeks, we have been looking at sin. We have looked at how mankind is ensnared by sin, and last week we looked at the wages of sin, which is physical and spiritual death. And we've also looked at how because of this ensnarement and because we are spiritually dead, we do not seek after God. So what we find is is that salvation is completely a work of God. We contribute nothing to our salvation. Salvation is a work of God because mankind is unable to save themselves. And today what we're going to look at is why this happens. Why this happens. So look at Romans chapter 5 and we'll be looking at verse 12. It's written, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin... And so death went over all men, in whom all men have sinned. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you today, I just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Lord, I just pray that you would just be with us today and overshadow us with your love and watch care. Forgive us of any wrongdoing, Lord, and just help this church to just be a light to this community and help us just to seek your will and way in our life. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would just... Be with those who could not make it today, those that may be sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones. We lift them up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today and give me the words to say and hide me behind the cross. And Lord, I just pray that you would just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. And if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts today. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, look again at what Paul writes here. He says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So what he is referencing here is Adam's sin. Because of Adam's sin, sin entered into the world. Now look back at Genesis chapter 3. Real quick. If you look at verse 6 in Genesis 3, this is where you see the entrance of sin into the world. In verse 6 it says, So the woman, seeing that the tree was good for meat, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to get knowledge, took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband, which was with her, and he did eat. Now, I want you to look at something here. If you go back and read, and we'll look a little closer at this in a minute, but if you go back and read in chapter 2, and then you look at chapter 3 and what's written in chapter 3, looking at the tree, if they had just walked up and looked at the tree, that was not sinful. Touching the tree was not sinful. God had not 
said anything about them looking at the tree or touching the tree. Now, looking at the tree, because they, they looked at it and saw that it was good for food, that could be a temptation. But the sin was eating of the tree. God had commanded them not to eat of the tree. So once Adam took the fruit, brought it up to his mouth, and took a bite, he sinned. That was when sin entered into the world. And it wasn't him eating of the fruit. It was the fact that he violated God's command to eat the fruit. That was the sin, the violation of God's command. Because God had told him, do not eat of this tree. So what happens later on when Adam faces God? When Adam and Eve stand before God, God is validating the sin. He's not saying at that time that Adam sinned because Adam had already sinned. God is validating it. He's passing judgment upon it. He's punishing it because Adam had already sinned when he took the bite of the fruit and violated God's command. So whenever they faced God, the sin had already taken place. God is just passing judgment. And we see this in what God asks Adam. If you look back at Genesis 3, 9, look at what it says. But the Lord called to the man, but the Lord God called to the man and said unto him, Where art thou? Now if you look at what happens once Adam and Eve took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they, they ate of it and they sinned, their eyes were opened and they were no longer in a state of innocence, so what do they do? They, they take fig leaves and try to cover themselves and then they hide. But if you notice one little thing here, look at what it says. When God was walking in the garden, and God said, Adam, where art thou? Look right under that. It says, who said, I heard thy voice in the garden. God knew exactly where they were hiding. Out of that entire garden, the Spirit of the Lord knew where they were hiding because he calls out to Adam right there, and Adam comes out and says, when I heard your voice, I hid. So he was not asking in the physical sense where Adam was because he knew where he was. The question was spiritually. Adam, where are you? Spiritually. Because as soon as Adam had eat of the tree, he died. Spiritually. So what God was asking was, Adam, where are you? You have done something horrible. You are now dead. Where are you? You need to admit what you've done. 
So this question was spiritual. And that's why God did this, because it was to let Adam know that he had done something wrong. He wanted them to admit their sin. Again, what Paul writes, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, Adam's sin brought death into the world. And that's what we looked at last week. Paul writes that the wages of sin is death. Physical death, if the Lord tarries, we're all going to die physically one day, but spiritual death as well. So the penalty for sin is spiritual and physical death, and both of those penalties passed upon mankind. And that's what Paul writes. So if you look back at what Paul writes, he says, and so death went over all men in whom all men have sinned. And this is the imputation of sin. Why does this happen? Why are we sinful? Because of the imputation of sin. The passing of sin from one person to another person to another person on and on and on. But there's something special about the imputation of sin. It only passes through the male line. As Paul writes, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world. So when Adam and Eve sinned, Adam passes that sin to his offspring. So sin went from Adam to Cain, to Abel, to Seth, to Adam and Eve's daughters, and then, Adam, and then Cain and Seth passed it to their offspring, sons and daughters, all down until you get to Noah, and then Noah passes it to his children, his sons, and his sons pass it to their sons and daughters, all the way until you get to us. All men and women are affected, all but one. And the one that was not affected by the imputation of sin is Jesus Christ. Why? Because when you look at what happened in the garden, Eve was deceived by Satan. She was deceived. And you can see that in what she says and what Satan says to her. Now I want you to look at something. Look at chapter 2 of Genesis, verses 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Thou shalt eat freely of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. Notice that? Eat of it. For in the day that thou sh shalt eatest of thereof, thou shalt die the death. Now, look at what Eve tells Satan. 
verse 3 of chapter 3, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. Adam had given Eve the wrong command. He added to God's command. He added to it. So Adam had erred in relaying God's command to Eve. Now, does this still mean that Eve's innocent? No. She knew what God had said part of the way, partially. So she still erred. But Adam knew God's command because he had got it directly from God. God told Adam that command. Adam relayed the command to Eve. And Adam did it wrong. But Adam got the command directly from God, thus Adam sinned directly against God and his command. Thus you have the imputation of sin through the male line. So when we look at Jesus, sin could not be imputed to him. Mary was sinful. She had original sin from her parents, from her, her father. But she couldn't pass sin to Jesus Christ. Because the Father of Jesus Christ is God. His Father is God. Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit of God. Her impregnation was a miracle. So Jesus was born without sin. And that's why he can become our perfect sacrifice. That's why he was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb without blemish. But that's also why we can have righteousness imputed to us. Through Adam, we have sin imputed to us. But through Jesus Christ, when we receive Jesus Christ, we have Christ's righteousness imputed to us. Thus, we are justified in the eyes of God. But sin could not pass from Mary to Jesus Christ. Thus he was born without sin. Yet sin passes to us. The imputation of sin. So from Adam we have death and sin. Spiritual death and physical death. Sin imputed and passed down from our parents starting with Adam. And that's all imputation is. The passing of sin from one person to the other. From parent to child, from father to child, from Adam to his children and the sons of Adam to their children, all the way to us. But I want you to think about something. And this is something that just popped into my head, so I'm going to chase a rabbit for one second. 
When you think about the wage of sin, what we get from Adam, and you look at physical death and spiritual death, you know, the wage of sin is death and it's never reduced. Think about that. It's never reduced. When we're lost, it's never reduced. But what does the Bible tell us about sin? In Hebrews 11.25, it's talking about Lot, and it says that Lot did not want to enjoy the, the sins of Sodom for a season. You know, the pleasures of sin are for a season, they're for a short time. The wage of sin is never reduced. But sin is only for a short time. The wage is for eternity if you die lost. God never reduces it. And that's the wage of sin. That's imputed sin. That's what's imputed to us. This wage, this penalty. But the pleasure of sin is only for a short time, for a season. But the wage is eternal. And when we know right from wrong, good from evil, when we reach that age of accountability, that's when spiritual death takes over. That's when the wage takes over on us. Yet, thanks be to God that he gave us a way out of that. He gave us a way out of the spiritual penalty of sin. And if you think about it, that's how the wage is reduced. It's not reduced for the lost, but if we receive Christ, it's reduced. The wage is reduced for those that receive Christ because the spiritual death is removed. But we still have the physical death. For as death came through Adam's transgression, if you look at Romans 5.19, death came through Adam's transgression, but life comes through Jesus' obedience. Through Adam, we have the imputation of sin through his disobedience. Yet Christ was obedient to God. And through Christ's obedience, we can have forgiveness. We can have eternal life through the obedience of Christ. We can have life and not death. Life, eternal life. Abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now how do we receive this life? We admit our sin. We admit that we're sinful and we need a Savior, that we need Jesus Christ. And then we believe on Jesus Christ. Believe on everything about Him. That He was born of the Virgin Mary, that He lived a sinless life. 
that he worked miracles, that he taught, that he died on the cross and rose from the dead to pay the penalty for our sins and to purchase a place in heaven for us, and then he ascended back up into heaven. Believe on him. Believe everything about him. And have faith in him. And then confess your sins and confess him as your Lord and Savior. And that's how you receive eternal life. Sin came by Adam, but life, eternal life, came through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, receive him today. So we stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from it. And I thank you, Lord, that we can just take it and apply it into our life. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we come into this time of invitation. Again, Lord, if there's anyone here today that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.